Welcome to the Faith Seeking Freedom Podcast, a project of the Libertarian Christian Institute. Your questions about faith and liberty deserve thoughtful answers, and we're dedicated to giving you solid responses so you can live free and flourish. For many Christian libertarians, our faith informs our politics. How do you answer those outside our faith who insist that the two worlds of religion and politics be kept separate? I really like this question because it actually represents, in some sense, a dilemma for Christians, whether libertarian, left progressive, or right-wing conservative. How do we advocate for something that we believe should be? And that is, you know, for a libertarian, we believe in either a minimal or no state. If you're a conservative, you believe in a certain type of state that is, I don't know, supposedly minarchist, but kind of intrusive in other ways. And if you're on the left, you believe the state should be highly involved in, you know, almost everything that has to do with human interaction. How do we advocate something that we find personally is in our, you know, like we believe this comes from our personal walk with Christ or our personal faith in Christianity or any faith for that matter, I guess. Uh, How do we speak into politics without making it a, oh, well, we're using our religion to make political decisions. And I've actually thought about that as well. In fact, I'll bring up a scenario here in a few minutes. I kind of wonder about, after I let Nick sort of answer, how do you insist that these aren't really in faith-informing politics, Nick? There's a fallacy here that typically is coming from those who sort of make this claim that, oh, you can't be mixing your, your religion and your politics. That's a fallacy insofar as literally everyone who has a political opinion is doing that in some way. Because everyone has a religion, even if you're an atheist, you have a religion, you know, humanism might be your your religion, but it's it's a religion, you're worshiping something, maybe you're worshiping yourself or you're worshiping your money or you're worshiping your sexual adventures or whatever. I mean, everybody's worshiping something and everybody has a religion of some type. Atheists may dispute that. I don't care, it's a fact. So, it's a fallacy to say that you can't mix your religion and politics because literally everyone is doing that. The question is, which ethics should be informing our political theory? And if you're a Christian, obviously you would take the position that Christian ethics should be informing your political theory. Now, there's problems here that when you look at like political science and just the whole idea of competing for control of the state, if you're, if you're someone who's a Christian statist, And your sort of approach is, yes, we're going to use the state to enforce my ethics. Well, then you're going to have a problem because, you know, the Muslim can do the same thing against you or a Hindu or a Buddhist or whatever. It doesn't matter. But the hallmark of libertarianism, the non-aggression principle, I think is really kind of a unifying factor here. Because if you are a Christian, then... Libertarianism is really kind of a unifying factor here precisely because it doesn't depend on using the mechanism of the state to get what you want. So if you're a Christian, obviously you don't want somebody from another religion using the state against you. Uh, Well, likewise, somebody from another religion doesn't want you using the state against them. And, you know, we would argue that Christian ethics actually 
requires us to not try to inaugurate God's kingdom through coercive force, but rather through ministry and the gospel and service and love and all these sorts of things. That's actually what Jesus commands us to do. And so to that extent, is perfectly compatible with the nap. But these problems only arise because of the state. It's because you have these different groups trying to take control of the state in order to beat other people over the head with it. Whereas if you acknowledge the nap, regardless of your religion, and you believe in freedom of contract and property rights and market forces, a lot of these conflicts sort of fall by the wayside. Yeah. I mean, I, one of the first things I think of when I get kind of asked this question or when I think through it, and, you know, Nick said atheists could disagree that, you know, everyone has religion. And it doesn't even, like, I, I kind of think of it in a little bit different way. Like, yes, I agree. Everybody worships something. Everybody has some sort of religious foundation, if you want to call it that. We have something we call God or is top dog in our life, what, however you want to deal with that. But the one thing that I think of is it doesn't matter whether or not somebody makes an argument from a religion that has God saying, well, this is how things ought to be. And then this other religion, this is how things ought to be. Just take any assortment of people to have to come together and decide how do we work together? How do we vote? How do we make a society work? And it includes something like the state, like what we have. So just imagine we're all giving our opinions to the state on who should be elected and who should call the shots and all that. We're bound to have all kinds of reasons why we should do, let's say, uh, social welfare for the poor, not corporate welfare. Let's just say for the poor. So you have people on the left, Christian left, who say, well, Jesus was all about the poor. And this is the argument they'll, they'll go with. They'll be like, well, if we let the Bible inform our politics, then you know our hearts ought to be with the poor. And it's really important that we make sure that we as a community, we as the church, and they kind of just, they, they kind of hedge on the word we there, but we should be caring for the poor is what their argument is. And the supposed implication is that, well, if you're into politics, you should just be voting for people who say, we're going to take care of the poor. Um, no, that's not it. But no atheist who's on the left is going to argue with them and say, well, you shouldn't have a voice. They're not going to say to the leftist, well, your argument that we should have a state that feeds the poor is based out of your Christian religion. And therefore, I should reject it. No, they're going to be like, oh, well, Christian, look at a Christian. They're agreeing with me. So atheists, if, if we're dealing specifically with atheists, they're okay with Christians agreeing with the policies that they want when the Christian faith kind of aligns with the way that they think it ought to be. But when it doesn't, oh, separation of church and state, or oh, religion shouldn't inform politics. Th this drives me nuts when people do this. I actually have wondered, and this is kind of the example I was thinking of, if Donald Trump tomorrow morning did a press conference and he said that he spent the last 24 hours in prayer, maybe he was fasting, talked to spiritual advisors, and he decided he was going to do like a 180 on a number of his major platform items because he felt that Jesus was personally speaking to him that the country should welcome immigrants, that the trade war is really stupid, and that we should have open commerce, that all these things, like just list anything that anybody on the left thinks Trump is just horrible at, but he comes to agree with them because he spent time with Jesus in personal devotions. Now, I realize I'm obviously setting up a hypothetical, although, hey, that'd be kind of cool if he spends a lot of time with Jesus personally. I'm cool with that. But do you really think they're going to complain and say, oh, look, nope, separation of church and state. We can't do that. No, they're not going to do that because they don't care about that. They just want people to agree with them. Do you think that's like a far-fetched conclusion to draw, Nick? No, I, I think in many cases that probably is correct. 
you know, and it can fall on the other side of the sphere as well. I mean, you know, there's, again, if we're using atheists as the example, you know, there's atheist conservatives who are very militaristic and who are from the neocon wing of the Republican Party. And, you know, they're more than happy to have Christians who are very militaristic support those endeavors. Uh, so I guess this, this can really fall on, on kind of any side of the debate. Um, people are going to naturally gravitate towards those who agree with them. Yeah, and I think the one thing that we can kind of kind of end on this thought is one of the reasons why I think that Christianity and libertarianism are majorly compatible, if not just inherent complements, is that when we read the scriptures, we see over and over again that the way for us to interact with each other is not domination. The way for us to approach any sort of power is to not enable it to have more of its own power to where it can just become its own thing a state, that any sort of empire is just contrary to God's will and God's kingdom and God's desire for people to flourish, empire and human flourishing do not mix. And so if there's a way that a Christian libertarian has an informed, you know, sort of a biblical Christian informed way of looking at politics, it's essentially the warning, political power corrupts, this is not the direction of human flourishing. This is not the will of God that there is a concentrated amount of power in the hands of a few that lorded over everybody else. And so that's the way that my faith informs libertarianism or endorses it, if you will. I don't necessarily have to be like, oh, well, hey, I believe libertarianism because of these Bible verses or something like that. That's not the way that I get there. But I look at that and say, libertarianism is the prophetic voice against unjust power. It can do a better job of it. We can all become better libertarians when we can find all kinds of unjust power, not just in the state. But that is the one thing that I'm like, that's where my Christianity applauds libertarianism is that we are against power that is absolute and able to go so far as to, oh my goodness, like the last hundred years of absolute state power has yielded hundreds of millions of death. And so when freedom exists, there is life and human flourishing. Where the state is dominant, there's just death. It's just the end. It is not in the direction of human flourishing. This podcast was inspired by our popular book, Faith Seeking Freedom, which is available on Kindle, softcover, and audiobook at faithseekingfreedom.com. Want your questions answered on our podcast? Email us at podcast at libertarianchristians.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast so we can reach more Christians with the message of liberty.